Forward Podcast, yeah. I love the intro to this song, don't you? Yeah. Build you up. <laughs> you know what? Listen. Hey. I just said that. <laughs> yeah, don't write yourself off yet. That's right, racing. We're going to be fine. Tough weekend last weekend. Just keep trying. We'll be okay. Yeah. That's right. We're going to be fine. Here comes the chorus. It's very loud and happy. I like this part. It's a good tune. Isn't this a great tune? This is one of those tunes where you just like bounce up and down on the dance floor. I like that. Louisville City had the weekend off. But they're back after Derby, which was weird. All those scratches, right? How strange was that? Yeah, don't buy in. Whatever. Yeah, live right now. Have fun. Just be yourself. No one cares about all the other stuff. Yeah, the chorus again. Sing really loud. Yes, well, everything is going to be fine. Yeah, man. Jimmy Eats World is going to go away now. By Jimmy Eats World, or I don't know their individual names, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Joseph Valla. I am the host of the Center Forward Podcast, podcast that is dedicated to professional soccer here in Louisville. That would be Louisville City FC and Racing Louisville, as well as our men's and women's national teams and any other soccer topic we choose to opine on. Or maybe it's not a soccer topic. We're just here to make you happy. <laughs> Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully you enjoyed Derby. Hopefully you're ready for the rest of the seasons. Let's be honest, pretty pretty tough loss for racing last week on the road down in Orlando. Louisville City had the weekend off. And uh, we're going to see how that works out. Excellent episode coming up. We're going to talk about all of that stuff, a couple other topics. But we have a special interview with Coach Kim Bjorkagrin, and I know that I'm slaughtering that last name. He'll let you know what it is. <laughs> We have that interview here uh, for you. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. And uh, that's about it, man. Hopefully you're doing well. We are on Podbean, iTunes, Amazon, and Spotify. Please like, subscribe, and share. Share the love. Anyway, let's move on with five tings. That's right, folks. Who's ready for the fastest three minutes in NWSL slash USL slash men's and women's teams national coverage? This is the only place in the universe that you're going to get the so yo shot special. Number five, the Kentucky Itchy. Itchy as in scratches. Like how many horses were scratched from this deal? There's like about five, right? So, bummer. If especially if you're a horse that wants to run in the race, you're you know you're eating some oats. You can't wait. And then some, some human comes up to you and says, nah, you're good. <laughs> and the race was won by a horse called Mage. I like those short names because I can remember those. Congratulations, Mage. That race was magic. Ha ha ha. Number four, the coach speaks. Yes. In this episode, you're going to get an interview with Coach Kim Bjorkagrin. And I'm butchering that last name. I, I, I finally realized. What a gentleman. Uh, and I think you're going to enjoy it. Get to know a little about him, especially those of you that are not in the area that listen to this show, and some of his ideas and thoughts and where the team is going. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Number three, the silence is deafening. 
man, I don't like when we don't have games with Louisville City. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Like, it's it feels like we should be having games, and there was no game. And maybe we should do a thing where Louisville City plays on Derby Day at like 12. And you're probably thinking that's a bad idea. But it's it's not, because it could become part of the lore of Derby Day or something. I don't know. I'm talking. Anyway, I missed when they put on play. Number two, goals, goals, goals. We want goals. Ricardo Pepe scoring some goals in the Netherlands, man. And we desperately need that with the national team. Um, we really could use that presence up front. Could become a superstar. We really could talk about that. Or we will talk about it. We really could use that. And then lastly, number one, I'm not nervous. You're nervous. Look, I think it's two points in four games now, right? Racing down near the bottom of the table again, and it's a little bit of a bummer. Um, but the effort's there. Good second half, I thought. Um, struggling a little bit in the first half. I think it's a real nice way of putting it. Man, let's see what happens. I, I still have a good feeling about it. I think they're going to be okay. Still a bummer to, to see that happen in the first half specifically. But, hey, man, bring on Chicago. And uh, let's get some points. We need points desperately. We need three points because we're, we're quarter through the season already. So there you go, folks. Five things. Are you are you nervous? Nah, don't be. Kick your feet up. Grab a drink. Lean back. Take a break. And scream if you need to. <laughs> if you're angry. I'm not angry. We'll be fine. There it is, folks. Brought to you by absolutely no one. Five tips. Here you go. Here we go with Joey Cecil. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, episode number 68. Joey Cecil is here. How are you, sir? Oh, we're so close to the fantastic number. It, it, you, you, mean, you mean 70, which is... Not Which, nice. <laughs> not nice. Well, speaking of not nice, see, dude, I wasn't. See, I, I'm not even gonna. Say, let's just go. Let's just go. <laughs> speaking of not nice, the game to discuss this week locally, racing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So lineup comes out. Uh, Fisher, Schwong, and Kanu start. Yep. Uh, Jess still not in the 18. We're mm -hmm. still not sure if she's even in the country. Yeah. I, um, mm -hmm. You know, we've spoken our piece on that. Yeah, yeah. Who you knows? Know? Who knows what's going on? We'll find out eventually. Yeah, but great news. Uh, then be on the bench. That was awesome. Miss Katlana from South Africa, who just after she signed with us last year, tore her Achilles. Which is in less so. than a year rehab that. Yeah. Which was a fairly significant injury, too. From what I understand, it wasn't anybody, just... anybody, let alone an athlete. Right, exactly. And even from an athlete's perspective, this was a, a fairly sizable tear. Yeah. So that's it's great to see her out there. No doubt about it. Well, so we start... Uh, Lund had to tip over an early counter, yep. uh, early counter, a corner, I'm sorry, corner attempt, mm -hmm. uh, which should have just been a sign of things to come yeah. potentially, uh, fun fact from the telecast. I happened to hear, mm -hmm. and I never would have guessed this person, mm -hmm. Joe, who do you think is our all time appearances leader for racing? See that? Oh golly! And it's well, it's um. And we're not even in the trivia section yet. Right, right, right. And it, it was mentioned, but it was, uh, uh, uh was it Lester? No. No, who was it? Um, no, I don't Again, know. Again, you would never guess this person. Right. Millet? Lauren? Lauren Millet. Millet, yeah. That's, you know. You would never guess her. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so, so, just like she always does, it's that height. That right. damn height. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, 
And then, you know, Hal committed a handball. Yeah. And we were lucky it wasn't called. And that was about the only break of the first half. Brilliant. I I think even VAR was checking it, which leads me to further question officiating in America. (laughs) Um, But I digress. Mm -hmm. Uh, Orlando soon uh, got their lead off a recycled corner that, let's also be honest, Katie Lund should have done better. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know what was in her head, but it looked like she was in between uh, pushing it away and just putting a hand up. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, so Orlando takes a lead, and just a theme of this first half was, Joe, how easy was it for them to break our lines and our midfield? I, I just, just – we I, – bright? Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely victimized. At one point, it. she annihilated our entire right side. Yeah, it, it just – and, and at some point, you know what I yelled, Joe? I yelled at the TV. Somebody fucking foul her. Yeah, I, I, Get a yellow. Do something. Absolutely. And and unfortunately, Lester was at the end of most of it. And well, and, and, and Malay was getting torched as well. Sure, 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 sure. Let's sure. not leave her out of that. No, 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 no. It was... Yeah, yeah. It, it was... Joey, it, it, was rough. It, it the The pure athletic bright was just absolutely unbelievable in this match. The first half. Well, her and Air and um, oh, I'm gonna mispronounce. Is it Ariana? Uh, is it Ariana? Um... Yeah. yeah, I want to believe that was the name, but it's I should I should have it burned into my brain with how often they were saying it. Adriana, I think. Ad- Adriana. I, well, you right. know what? We have this thing called technology. Right. Well, it is. It's Adriana. I'm 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 um, from Brazil. But but either way, just how often they were just breaking our lines. Yeah. And with ease. And vertically, too. And that's that's what was, you know, it wasn't like crosses and anything. Like, you know, I, I, I'll jump on this pretty quick. I, I didn't see anything specifically in the first half that made you think tactically that Pride was of this amazingly well-coached team. Not that they were a poorly coached team. I'm not saying that. But there wasn't anything special going on where you were like, wow, they really exposed us for... No, they, they it was just Route pure one. athleticism. It just... Route one. Yeah, man. It, Route one. It, it was very frustrating. And, you know... I and, don't know, man. Yeah, but, you know, uh, Ari did force a save off a of misclearance, but yep. that was otherwise one-way traffic. Yep. Uh, hey, hey, hey Joe, 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 did you see that? That was another Orlando run through the middle of our midfield. <laughs> They're still doing it. They're going to be running through the lot... At the next um, home game. <laughs> you know, it was just like that whole first half was, I don't know if you yeah. felt, so, it was like watching a varsity versus JV match. It was not, yeah. It was, there was we were in no, that we were in no place to compete with them. Um, just, but it wasn't just the athleticism, which was the clearest difference between the two teams. Their, their front versus our back four. It was, the, the spirit of the team seemed a little down too. And, and I, I don't know. If that's true or not, it just didn't seem to have the same spice to it, the same vigor that we saw in in a couple of these other games, and that that was the thing that was most disappointing to me, because it wasn't like they were coming off a three game or three day break. You know, there was plenty of time. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, yeah, know. Yeah. Now Demello not being there, obviously, talent wise, is a huge impact, but still. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, you know, we've well, talked about that with Lou City too. Sometimes when when Ombi's not there. You know, you know, sure, it, sure. you know, having the having the spirit sometimes that you you expect from from the team, just because your top player is missing, and I think it's, there's, I don't, I don't think anyone can argue that Demel is the most impactful player we have right now. Would you Cur- argue that? Currently playing, correct. Right, and, and yeah, it, it you know I get it. It's just that it was just and, and, and ruthless, you know what? So, ruthless. From the first 
from the first half, there's one person I'll give a shout out to. Because mm-hmm. you could tell she had brought her her energy and her passion, mm-hmm. and she was frustrated with the rest of the team. That was Jalen Howe. Yeah, that's a good call. She's yelling at everybody. Yep. You know, she's like, I'm trying to get forward. Give me the ball right. so we can start alleviating some of this. Right. And, I, that, and, Joe, know, and she got mm-hmm. a she got a frustration yellow, but I think part of that was just, you know, she for whatever reason it that things just weren't clicking. But right. she she was she was she was running out there, yelling at people. Um, yeah, it was just, it was probably our, our worst half of the year, even I though we only so. gave up one. Right. Even and, we only gave up the one. And, and the thing is, too, is that you can't, I, one of the notes I had here is you can't fault the front line that first half. You got to get service. And I Wait, thought that there were, there were we, like at least four times that they. We had a front line. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, was, the, the camera didn't stray much from the midfield line to yeah, Orlando's half. I so hear you, man. I hear you. It's hard to tell. There were some decent services. There was about maybe four times where there were decent services into the center. When they when they had a chance to get the ball and play a little bit, yeah. it's just getting absolutely torched in the center. It was just very hard you know, to watch. Though, but soccer games are two halves. Yes, they are. And at halftime, what happened, Coach Joe? Kim brings on what two players did they bring in? Shidiak and Davis. There you go. <laughs> and we had a stronger start. Now, overall, in that second half, mm. more possession, more intent. Right. Our press started forcing them into errors and turnovers. Absolutely. You can't Pickett and Davis were peppering the Orlando goal with chances. Yeah, and that's the one thing you can't take away. The you know, mm-hmm. another game overall. There's just a it's a tale of two halves. Yeah, with this team, this mm-hmm. is an individual Jekyll and Hyde. Right, every game with them it seems like it's a magic eight ball. Right, you don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I do you remember the first game where it was? I want to say it was the 60th minute. Houston. Right, and yes. they and they brought in Chidiak Davis, and I want to say Moynihan. Monahan. Right, Monahan, yeah, and or Monahan. I keep saying Moynihan because there was a there was a senator from New York. Oh, and there's an actress and a few other people. Right, too. right, yeah. So, but they brought the three of them in in the energy level. Now, now Monahan started. So, yeah. but when they brought the three of them in in that first match, the energy level was just ridiculous. And the one thing that definitely happened in this match, you saw in 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 uh, Orlando, they were gassed after about yeah. sixty minutes. They were done. And then the thing, Joey, I got to mention this too. I mean, maybe the coach of Orlando is a sadist or something because Bright got hurt. She pulled a hamstring or something and kept her out there for like 20, 25 minutes, and she couldn't move. And I'm sitting there going, you know what? I don't want anyone to get hurt, but, you know, keep her out there a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Joe, mm-hmm. you know you know what that's the definition of? What? Not our problem. Yeah, hear that. Hear that. You know? But uh, yeah, the energy level from what Chidiak and Davis came in was just it was it was wonderful. It was and, great to see. And that's again. when I go, how do they not start? And yeah. Joe, please calm down. <laughs> no, I don't just, mind bringing just, them both off the bench because of the of, well, of the boost that you get as long as you have something sustainable in the first well, forty five minutes. There's only so much they can do when you're coming in down. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So, uh, you know, overall, my feeling was this game should have been a draw. You know, Lund, the Lund goal given up was soft, and also we had a superior second half. You know, right. this should have been a draw in some way, shape, or form. Right. I got to give credit, though, where credit's due. Their keeper had a great game. Yes, she did. Um, you know, sad news, we are now the only NWSL team without a win. <sighs> Four points. Uh, I want to say we're the, tied for last right now. We are with the team we're playing Friday, Chicago. Chicago. Who also has a win. Right, right, right. Jesus. Of their four points. Um, you know, I just I keep questioning things like how is this the same team that opened the season at Houston? I don't know, man. 
you know? So at what point, you know, I talk, I chatted with you about this. At what point do we quit drooling over potential? I know. Charlie, and expect results. And it's the first, first, what, first quarter of the season roughly or whatever. Already gone, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you, you know. know I'm going to say this. It's time for some of these new additions to start pulling some weight. Yeah, man. And, uh, you know, hopefully whoever's not playing will be playing soon so we can fill this bench up. And, and, and I don't know, man, I... I I'm still hopeful. We forgot to mention there was a highlight in this match, mm -hmm. and that was Thimby making her, yes, her debut. Absolutely. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. That is a highlight positive. Right, right. right. Got to mention that. Um, but you know what? We're familiar territory again. Bottom yeah. of the table. I know. By the way, seasons, as you mentioned, Joe, is a quarter over. Mm -hmm. This is not a marathon like the USL. Right, right. Where you're playing 30 something games. Exactly. 22 game That's season. Right. That's right. By the way, we're six games in. Are you ready for this? Yeah, this stat? Yeah. Statistically, this is our worst start to a season. Oh, Jesus. So, so far through this year, we have six points. Mm -hmm. We are 0-2-4 with a negative three goal differential. Last year, we had eight points through six, 2-2-2 two, two and two at zero. Mm. And in 2021, debut year, yeah. seven points, 2-3-1. Negative seven goal differential, Damn, though. Joe. But statistically, this is our worst start to a season. Yeah. Now, granted, as they mentioned in the telecast, we have had probably the roughest schedule. Absolutely. That's that's something I have marked here. I get that. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, this was against a team who was, table-wise yeah. speaking, one of our competitors. Right, 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 right. An equal. Yeah. And I get we're on the road, but... Yeah. Something's got to happen soon. Well, this is what's happened the last three games. We've given up two goal leads in two of them, and we got absolutely smacked in the first half of this one and had to fight back to even look respectable. Yeah. So to sit here and say that it's not a concern would be disingenuous. I still think they're going to be okay. I really do. But, the, the man, I don't want to lean on this. But one of the keys to this is to me is having players available. And if the players that are not available don't play because we need to have that bench filled, then I'm worried. You know, so I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm I'm I am overall worried. Yeah, I, it just <sighs> I'm overall worried because right now, you know, we I I keep hearing the sentiment, just wait till it clicks. I go, well, you can't have it click with five games left in the season. Right. It's got to start trending. It's got to start trending upward. Right. And you know, it, this is a, I, I know it's a season, but the NWSL season is a sprint. Yeah. Compared to the marathons we see in professional soccer. Right. And then the, the thing with the, the match versus the match before is that we talked about with OL Reign, it was who controlled the midfield controlled play, I thought. And then last okay. week, we, they didn't have to control the midfield in the first half because they just ran right through it. Yeah. So, you know, that's not even controlling midfield. That's bypassing it. I did. You know, and, and I'm, you know, are there other teams as athletic as Orlando? That's my big question. Because yeah. if there are, we got some stuff we need to deal with. And I don't yeah. know, I don't know how we do that. I, you know, I just, that first half was a rough watch, bro. I, it, it was, it was. But they it came was. back and they came back and they did what you had seen before with bringing in two high energy players who performed very well. So, you know, let's see how that works out and what they you know do what? in Chicago next week. You need three points at home this Friday. Dude, you we need, need it. 
We need like seven points in the next three games. We really, I'm, really I'm not, I'm, do. I'm, I am not looking beyond just the I next understand. game. No, I understand. I you understand. know? I understand. Um, so speaking of racing, uh, their W League roster was announced okay. uh, in some aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, the team will be led by Coach Callie McKinney at Bellarmine University Assistant cool. uh, as an alumnus, go Knights, mm-hmm. uh, and former University of Louisville midfielder, also coaches the U16s in the Racing Academy. Nice. Their roster will be headlined by Ella Sanchez, the daughter R- yes. of Mario, Mario. Uh, reigning Kentucky Gatorade Player of the Year, mm-hmm. uh, and recently competed at the U17 yeah. World Cup. And Michaela DeMello, which is you might know cool. that name, right? Right, the younger younger sister, Loyola Marymount midfielder and younger mm-hmm. sister of Savannah. Mm-hmm. Um, it really sucks though; we can't utilize that pipeline for the first team. Yeah, I know. You know, um, as I as at I least, stare oogly eyed at Emily Madrill. As, as 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 at least as of yet, let's see what happens in you the know? future. Yeah. So uh, there's been some odd and odds and ends going on in the soccer world as a whole as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the USL has new leadership. Yeah. A couple of weeks ago, Jake Edwards stepped down as USL president, mm-hmm. and I know anyone who is in the know is sad to see him go. Absolutely. Uh, but this week, USL announced, experienced their words, soccer executive Paul McDonough has been named as the USL president and chief soccer officer. Yep. Joins the league with more than 20 years of experience in a variety of leadership roles in American soccer. Mm-hmm. Most recently held the position of Chief Soccer Officer at Wasserman, the sports global leader in player representation. Right. Previously had worked with Inter-Miami mm-hmm. uh, and Atlanta United. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, we're, we're going to talk about that, I think. I mean, but also, <laughs> before we get into some controversy he had, mm-hmm. just a very American-heavy background. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Which I get because the league operates in America. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's also not without some controversy. Yes, now, sir. according this is according to Twitter, so mm. take it with some take it with some, yeah. some grain of salt. Take it with a grain uh, of musk. <laughs> something. Maybe a shot. Shot of musk. Um, just something. So apparently he well, it's not apparently, he was banned from MLS. Yep. Through twenty twenty two, a two year ban because of his part in an inter Miami cheating scandal where he was reportedly involved in improperly designating players to avoid salary rules and paying players under the table. Yeah. Which, sketchy? Sketchy. Sketchy. Sketchy, which Mm. sums up MLS, too. Right. Joey, that's the point I'm going to make here. Anyone who's trying to cheat MLS is all right by me. Joey, that's the point I wanted to make right here. (laughs) I saw a lot of people (laughs) complaining about that, and I'm sitting here going... If you think he's the only person that has done stuff like this to keep players on the roster on their MLS squad, then yeah. you think that Nixon's the only person that did anything like Watergate. Hey, Joe, jo, 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 he wasn't a crook. <laughs> yeah, he was exactly. <laughs> Didn't you listen? Oh, I am not a crook. So you know, I mean, we'll it's see. just come on. He got caught. We'll see. He got caught, man. I, you know, here's the you thing: the, the the Wasserman connection is the one that I think we can accentuate as the positive here, because sure. if we're talking sure, about sure. player development and USL needing a boost as far as making sure that we keep building ties within the country with with local clubs as well as building some new ties in Europe, if he has that kind of experience, well, sure. I think For that's sure. the major plus to take out of this. And I'm always a guy, I'm always the guy that says, mm-hmm. let's let's give it a trial run. Let's exactly. see what this guy's like what, first. We'll find out. We're going to find out real quick. 
because yeah. this because the the um ascent of this league has been pretty meteoric and we'll see what happens yeah. you know well speaking of mls <clears throat> they might be adding a new franchise in california yes that's uh, yeah the rumor is san diego uh, the announcement from MLS, the San Diego Union Tribune, said the announcement of MLS and bringing a club to the area yeah. could be as soon as one or two weeks from now. Wow. Yeah. The expansion would cost the owners in the arena of $500 million. $5 billion dollars for U.S. They would be located at Snapdragon Stadium. Um, the projected owners of this expansion team are twofold. One of these is the Secuan Tribe of Southern California. Right. Tribe owns hotels, and one of those could be the location of the team's official announcement. Right. The other principal owner is Egyptian billionaire Mohamed Mansoir yeah. of the Mansoir Group. And by the way, guys, this does not mean the San Diego loyal. Right. This means the city of San That's Diego. That's correct. Yep. So keep that in mind. Right. I am sure. You might see a Landon Donovan jump oh. to this opportunity. Right, right, right. But right, right. guys, you got to keep that in mind. That's like when St. Louis got the MLS franchise. It wasn't St. Louis exactly. FC. Exactly. My, my thing they about want this. The, they want their own fingerprints on everything. Right, exactly. And there's two things uh, about this. Number one, I thought it would be Las Vegas because that is just easy money. Vegas it's is, easy money, but man, that franchise has been well. The a thing is, is that they wouldn't in a shit show. Well, what happened, Joey? I don't know if, if people know this, but they were told two years ago at the end of the season, two years ago, you all are not going to have anything to do with MLS. And if anybody remembers that first year or so before they signed Winalda, they were the most original creative sure. group yeah. in USL. They did all kinds llamas. of fun things, llamas, <laughs> llamas. and whatever. <laughs> they were having fun, Joey. Yeah, they were yeah. doing something completely outside the box, and then all of a sudden, two things happened. Number one, they hired Winalda, who is, yeah. he's just the black sheep of US soccer. Sure. And the second thing is, is that, if we all know this, MLS is like, you're going to toe the line with all the toes. Okay, and they if, don't like originality. No, or there is no, there is no creativity fun. in MLS. I'm not, and that's not me trying to be shitty to them. But the fact is, is that they're, they're, it's the most vanilla thing you could ever expect. Yeah. It's boring. It from that perspective, it's not creative. It's not interesting. So I think maybe those two things, complete conjecture, but those two things, maybe they turned around and said, "No, you're too much fun. You're too interesting. Yeah. You hired Ronaldo. You guys can go go away." Just. And after that, the whole thing just took a nosedive. They're the worst franchise. Well, they're the worst franchise in USL. And now, in two years, they just nosedived. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's I'm, it, I, they have to be getting some ridiculous money from from yeah. the San Diego deal. I mean, like you said, already half billion. You have to, you but have you to. know, the sustainability of a, of a professional franchise in Vegas. Well, you it, also got to think though, like mm. San Diego is down to the Padres. Padres, that's it. That's right. So that's a good point, Joey. That's a very good point. Is that you the gotta the, remember? It's open. It's open. So, right. No, it's yeah. good. That's a very good point. Very so good point. Speaking, speaking of MLS, mm -hmm. no shock the rumor mill is swirling again on Christian Pulisic leaving Chelsea this summer. <laughs> but Alexi Lawless kicked it into high gear. What a dumbass. Saying the LA Galaxy should make a run at him. Right. He tweeted, think. Pulisic will have plenty of great options in Europe, but if LA Galaxy wanted to act like Super Club again, they'd make a run at him and use him like Beckham to signal their intentions. Yes, he'd get lots of MLS crap, but I think he's got a lot of Landon Donovan in him. What do you think, Joe? What do you think about that? 
I think I don't have enough brain matter left to try to make this make sense. Look, they I get... took an eighth out. They took an eighth out in my brain surgery, and I I thought that would put me more on a level oh. with guys like Alexi Lawless, dude. But even Look. he's jumped the shark here. Oh like... yeah, I, and and for Lawless, that's saying a lot. Look, Alexi Lawless is a troll. We all know that. We yes. all know that he seeks attention yes. with saying things. But from this perspective, how does anybody? Try to say that bringing back a 24-year-old player who's still the good at... star of the U.S. men's national team, exactly. the highest transferred American in our history. Why would anybody even say that out loud? Like, you know why? Because the guy named Don Garber exists. Yeah, hear that. That's, That's why. It just, I mean, it would be insane. Like, I really think, and, and I'm not trying to dog Jordan Morris either, because Jordan Morris is a very good player. But yeah, he stepped on study. his he stepped he on his study. own feet here. You're right, 100. Yeah. If he had he's decided to, study. yep. If he had been smart enough to go over, I want to say smart enough. That's not fair either. He made a decision. He loved that yes, area. He, he yes, wanted. He so so let's give him. I mean, he's doing what his heart told him to do. But if if you're a major league baseball quality player, and you're from Durham, I guess that's North Carolina. I don't even know if it's North yes. Carolina. Yes, it is. And you're yes, like, you know what? I'm going to go to Durham because that's you know I want to help Durham. Well, then you're playing at players against players from that level. So why would anybody, when you're talking about Pulisic, who is good enough to to play pretty well over there at Chelsea, decide to come back to AAA soccer? Would he still good enough? Like, there's a couple. Of, like Juventus is, is chasing him. Inter's chasing him. Yeah. So you know he'll the probably. The only end- way he would do this is if it, if it was stupid Beckham level money. Right. Right. And even right. then, it's even then really I don't think so. Joe. Your yeah. career, right? Because Beckham was done. Beckham was already done. Oh. So Beckham I, I, was a marketing tool. He was not a player. Exactly. Exactly. And, and so, served the purpose. And he's and it was that was a smart move for him and went, the league. People went, oh wait, we have a soccer league. Right. Exactly. Yeah. People know MLS <laughs> exists. That's the thing. Christian Pulisic coming back to play against teams like the San Jose Shaky Rocks, and the Colorado Mountains, or whatever the fuck their name is. I, you know, I mean, be a disaster. Bad idea. It'd be a disaster. Really bad idea. So let's hope that doesn't yeah. happen. Um. So, last couple of points before we get into everyone's favorite topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricardo Pepe yeah, man. scored his 12th Eredivisie goal. That's the Dutch League, Yep. for those unaware, uh, of, of the season this week for FC Groningen. And, to- and total has 15 total goal involvements. Yeah. Yeah, man. The youngest for his club to have that many mm-hmm. since, I don't know if this is a good career comparison or not, Luis Suarez. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, I saw. Um, I did see that post. That's, a, that's an interesting, uh, yeah. But you know what? I think this is him proving once again. He should have been on that World Cup squad. I, it, it's not just, yeah, I think there's, that was a head scratcher. But, you know, if anybody doesn't, I don't follow the Dutch first division, but I do know this. It's a quality first division. I'm pretty sure it's better than MLS. Yeah, oh, there's no doubt. And, and the thing is, is that if he's scoring goals at that level against that quality, oh, man. That we yeah. desperately, we've talked about this how many times? We it's the desperately, weakest part of the USA uh, roster. No doubt. I, it just, I'm sorry. I don't hear Jesus Ferreira doing that. No. <laughs> Not for FC Dallas or wherever he is. Right, exactly. In the MLS. Yeah, man. I, um, so last last news just came up mm-hmm. uh, earlier today through mm-hmm. ESPN, of all places, had it on their front page. Right. The National Women's Soccer League plans to expand to 16 teams <sighs> in 2026, as stated by their commissioner, that Jessica is, Berman. That's a bold move, man. 
They're going to expand to 14 right. by 2024 with the Utah Royals or Utah. I don't know if they've right. designated the Royals as the franchise coming back into the fold. Would be surprised as if well they were well as weren't. an expansion franchise in San Francisco Bay Area. The I, reported targets for 2026 include Boston, or the Breakers played from 2013 uh, yeah, to 2017. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish up what you're saying. That's it. That's it. Um, so, yeah, you know. It's, 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 I mean, it's where you question great news, you know, I'm, I'm it's, it's wonderful that the league's expanding. I have two quite well, three actually, now that I'm thinking about it. Number one, the Boston breakers and the Boston area and where they're putting that stadium from what I understand. Oh boy. Good luck. It may okay. work. I'm not saying it's not going to work, but the, it's, it's not a favorable area. And well, I mean, you're talking about Boston in general, right? And it's not like, you know, I'm not trying, I'm being a New York guy, I'm trying not to be <laughs> shitty to Boston. Sure. But it, it's just yeah. so hard. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Sounds like, a, sounds like an easy way for you to get some jabs in there. <laughs> right, exactly. And I'm trying not to be that guy. But it's, um, it, let's see if this works. You know, because Boston's a weird area, man. It's a it's different than, say, maybe other areas that you th- you would think would support an NWSL side, and I'm not saying they won't, and I hope it's fantastic. I really do. You this, know what I almost think mm-hmm. NWSL could use? Mm-hmm. A W League-type concept. Well, you know, where they could kind of test. I don't mean test, but. No, I hear you, man. I, I You I, know? It, no, the, the Joey, the bigger concern for me is getting some teams here in the Midwest. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, putting a team St. in St. Louis. Louis. Exactly. Something. Why can't they put a team in St. Louis? A, a team KC. in St. Louis. Kansas has shown City, right? support terrible soccer. Ex- well, it, the whole city for both, because the MLS team, I think the MLS side and the NWSL side has like five points <laughs> combined I between the there two. There is a team in Kansas City, don't mind me. Right, right. Both teams still, are just, it's just awful. Yeah, but the, yeah. But here's, that's, that's the thing I'm wondering about. Yeah. Why can't we get a side here and get two more, three more sides in the middle of the country? In areas that you know, you know what would support a team better than Boston? I think Austin. I can give you that. Austin's a very progressive city in Texas. It's, you know, and we, and that's, oh my gosh, I'm saying this. Oh, I'm not saying anything bad or good about any of that. All I'm saying is that the more progressive the city, the better the chances the team has. We've seen that. I'll give you that. Right? I agree with that. I'll and, give you that. And, and um, there's a chance if they would do that in Austin and maybe put aside in St. Louis. Now you've got with with the four, with those three plus Louisville, you got something going on in the middle of the country. Yeah. You know, yeah. another West Coast team in San Francisco. I, I, all right, I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad idea, but as opposed to trying to build something in the center here, John, that's, that's my only question about all of it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're not in those positions. Sadly. No, we're not. Or thankfully. Yeah. <laughs> but Joe, you yeah. know what position you're in right uh, now? Well. <laughs> what episode? Wait a second. What episode is this? <laughs> 68. <laughs> 68. Which, your category this week is soccer movies. Let's do it, man. I think I'm okay with this. And I have not studied one second for this. Have you studied for any any no, of these I at all? No, exactly. I right. And you shouldn't. You know no, why? That's I a whole publish point. these categories ahead of time either. Right, right, right. For the trivia participants. Yes, sir. Number one, mm-hmm. what was the name of the movie starring Michael Caine? Sylvester Stallone and Pele. Victory. Victoire. About, about allied POWs playing a match of soccer for their freedom. Victoire. Victoire. That's Vitoire. one word. Victory. That's one word in the title. What? Is there another word? There's three. Is it really? 
I don't know. I just yes. thought it was victory. Road to victory yeah, a, or something? I don't know. It's a, escape. Escape. To victory. To victory. Okay. I'm going to give so, you a half? Come on now. I, I did the cheer. Give me two thirds. half? <laughs> v12. V12. The damned, the damned United mm-hmm. tells the story of legendary manager Brian Clough's 44 disastrous days, leading what United club? Hint, not Manchester. Oh, not Dundee. Uh, oh, golly. I've seen it. This, this is one of those other ones. It's a great movie. Yeah, and I'm, I, see, I'm, I'm just tongue-tied right now. Um, Would uh, you like another hint? Yeah, good. They are currently in the premiership. Yeah, it's at Newcastle. No. No? Wait, Shit. let me double-check whether my hint actually helped you or not. Pretty sure, yeah, they're def- yeah, pretty sure they're in the premiership for sure. I don't know, man. Then I got it completely wrong. I've seen the movie, too. I know I've seen it. And I was correct. They are in the premiership in 19th currently. That is Leeds, Leeds. United. Yeah. yeah. Um, number three, the goal franchise somehow spanned three movies, telling the story of Santiago Munez going from L.A. Gardner to soccer superstar after being discovered by what Premier League club? Oh. <sighs> Was it? Their colors are black yeah. and white. Well, yeah, it's, d- 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 that could be Newcastle. Now that I'm thinking about it. That, that is yeah. Newcastle. Yeah. Northern. Yeah. I don't know how that thing got three movies out of that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, what Elijah Wood movie is often considered one of the best portrayals? Oh, of I love fandom. that movie um, and the title of it. But he's with the same dude from Sons of Anarchy. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With. The, Bubbles and, and what was the name of it? I, 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 I it's a great movie. It really is, is a great color? movie. Yeah, was it? Um, I don't remember the name of it, but I've seen it. It's a great movie. The Color of Grass. Color of Grass, right, 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 right. West Ham, isn't it? Green Street. Yeah, hooligans. Hooligans, right? The Green Street Hooligans. Mm-hmm. That is a great movie. Uh, number five, though we may know Fever Pitch for the American version, starring Jimmy Fallon and Drew Barrymore. Which I've the original seen. was about an English soccer fan played by Colin Firth, obsessed with what Premiership club? That, I've never seen it. I thought I wouldn't know. That is Arsenal. Arsenal. Hmm. Go he figure. Must be a glutton for punishment. Gooner. Yeah, really. Uh, pop quiz: Who was the first international call-up in Louisville City history? <sighs> Ever? Well, yes. it's, you could you could sit there and say. K. And it was not for an American team. Right. It was, just, it was not for the USA national team. I should put that. K. Incorrect. He wasn't the first call-up? He was not. And well, the position well, was goalie. Oh, oh Ren Jinsing for uh, for Trinidad. Yes. Forgot about that because he didn't play. He was actually on the bench for that friggin' debacle, wasn't he? He was a third goal. He was I don't a, think so. I think no? it was after that. I, have to double I check think that. it was. I'll double check that. But so I'm, number six. Mm-hmm. You may know Vinnie Jones from his on-screen roles in Snatch and Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, mm. but he was a defensive midfielder in England before his acting career and still allegedly holds what record in the English FA? Oh, I, I have absolutely no idea. That's a great question. I have zero he idea. He was an enforcer okay. who was allegedly has the fastest booking in FA history in really? eight seconds. <laughs> That's awesome. Allegedly, I can't find video of it, I, mm. Twitter has it occasionally. Mm. Whistle goes, whistle blows to start the match. And he ran he over jogs the across the midline and just straight 
jacks an opponent. Nice. It's like yep. hockey. Back in the day when hockey had enforcers. This dude, this dude plays villains in most of his movies as like a mm-hmm. an enforcer. Right. It, he wasn't very far off in his <laughs> soccer career. You ever seen the movie Euro Trip? No, I can't say I have. Uh, well, he plays the leader of a hooligan group for Manchester United in England. Okay. And it's so awesome. It's a comedy. Mm-hmm. He fits so well as the as the as the idiotic leader of their group. Right, right, right. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> Number seven. This category wouldn't be complete without what Kira Knightley coming of age soccer movie. Oh, that's the um oh, see, I don't know the names of these movies. I know what you're talking about. I just the names of them. Um, the the soccer mom thing. Uh, Not soccer mom, no, no. It's named after one of the biggest superstars in soccer history. I don't know. Honestly, I'm I'm completely drawn a brain. Bend it. Oh, bend it like, like Beckham. It. Oh my gosh, that's that's yes. a, yeah. Yeah. Let's see, I don't know, dude. I watch. I, I didn't watch movies in the '90s and '80s. <laughs> Not Man, like you're that. Confident coming into this. Nah, I thought I was, well, but that's okay. Number eight. The Big Green was a Disney attempt at a kid's soccer movie about a small-town Texas soccer team led by what 1980s and 90s comedy actor? It was... Oh, what's his name? I know who... See, I see his face. Uh, tall dude, black hair. Um, police Academy. Yeah, Police Academy, right. And then I can't... I, so when it comes to names, pal, I'm just fucking... Oh. Steve? Oh, Gutenberg, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's I, I. I see. Is like I said. That's just my thing. I just struggle with names sometimes. But I. Yeah. No, I, need, pretty funny. You're gonna movie. need a name here. Mm-hmm. Number nine. The Ladybugs mm-hmm. were coached by what comedian and actor in their 1982 movie? <sighs> he gets no respect. Rodney Dangerfield. I remember that movie. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh! I do or remember that his, movie. He has his nephew. I think dressed up as a girl. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. That is a yeah. pretty funny movie. Yeah. And your last regular one before we get to the bonus, mm-hmm. Will Ferrell and Robert Duvall yeah. go head-to-head as rival father-son youth coaches yeah. in what movie? See, I, I, I know the movie. I just Like I said, Joe, I just, the name of the movie escapes me. I, but I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. That is Kicking and mm-hmm. Screaming. Screaming. <laughs> and an infamous clip from that is now making the rounds back as a meme where uh, Will Ferrell's character brings... Uh, Mike Ditka as his assistant and he starts <laughs> tongue lashing him like hey you are my assistant <laughs> you do what I tell, tell you, you to do. do yeah I've seen it I've um, seen. so your bonus question mm-hmm. chance for redemption looking for Eric is oh. the story of a postman whose life is falling apart until what 1990 1990s Man United player begins appearing to him and becomes his life coach. Oh, dude, I have no idea. Uh, A famous 1990s Man United player with the first name Eric. Oh, I'm uh, see, I'm, I'm tongue-tied right now. Um, oh shit! Uh, I just got beeped. Um, I don't know, dude. He kung fu kicked a dude in the stands. <laughs> yeah, I remember the. I, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm tongue-tied. Eric Antona. Yeah, is a very weird, odd awkward movie i don't know how much they paid cantona mm. to be in it but apparently it was it was too much i can't believe that uh, you didn't mention the movie that that fifa put out which do you remember this about 10 15 years ago fifa put a movie out that tried to like uh 
glorify FIFA and when they started soccer, and it was one uh, of the what? I uh, United Passions. Or yeah, something. something like that. Yeah, it was Passions oh. of something, and it was one United of United Passions. That was the name, and yeah. it was one of the five worst uh, box office losses ever in the history of movies. Yeah, it lost. Tw- <laughs> I just looked it up again. It lost twenty six point eight million dollars. <laughs> And failed to obtain theatrical distribution right. in many markets. Right. And I, it was one of the five worst, and wow. it never was really distributed. <laughs> That's impressive. I tell you, you got to come up with a bit. And that was a FIFA, such a fucking joke. Anyway. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. So, there you uh, go. That, that wraps up our, our episode. Your next category next week is EPL, oh, the Premier Jesus. League. So I will try. I'm just we cannot we cannot wait for your weekly dose of suffering. Yeah, man, I, uh, I suck. And today. we'll have a couple games to discuss as well. V toi, V toi. It's a great movie. It's, it's not even not. a great movie. It's a great bad movie. But Pele's in it, and then watching watching Stallone play keeper. <laughs> it's bow legged, running everywhere. Yeah, man. Warner Roth is in that movie. Keeper. Oh my god. He gosh. had to play keeper. You know why? Because he didn't have to run. Run really. That's why. <laughs> I forget Pele's who it was. Um, a team in England supplied most of the extras. Right. Um, they were actually soccer players. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Who was it? And then Werner Roth was an American player. Ipswich. Ipswich, Ipswich it? Town players mm-hmm. uh, were a number of the soccer uh, standards. Yeah. Um, well, just filled out the team. Yeah. So, and then, there you go. So, yeah. there's y'all's trivia for this week. Yeah, man. Um, Let's get six points, please. Please, let's get six, six points. points, two games home. Let's and go. Let's also let's give another shout out. Thank you to Coach Kim for doing it. Yeah, man, doing the interview. Part of this episode, which will be coming up real soon. Yeah. So, Joe, all right, that's bro. all I got for you. Thanks, pal. I appreciate you doing this again. Yes, sir. Thank you. As a matter of fact, you know, come back. I owe you one for episode sixty-eight. <laughs> oh God, I'm going to be conveniently busy next week. Oh, goodbye. <laughs> Very busy. Mm-hmm. Okay, the first half of the show is done, and I know you're looking forward to hearing from Coach Kim, but before we do that, a little bit of an announcement. Talked about it a little bit last week. Going to give you a little bit more information here. Our next fundraiser is coming up. That's right, July 29th, the next installment of Lippa FC. Louisville Indianapolis Proximity Association Football Contest, which is the greatest name for a rivalry ever. The uh, Center Forward Podcast, along with the Loose City Tailgaters and the Groove Machine, will uh, agree to be a part of it as well, are going to be raising money for a Christmas in July fundraiser. Young kids, going to buy them some presents, going to raise some money. It should be a wonderful event. It's going to be uh, all afternoon. Maybe afterwards, we're not sure yet. Going to be doing a little karaoke. Going to be uh, doing some Christmas stuff. We're going to have a Christmas tree as well. And we're going to make sure that we uh, do the right thing for young kids. Any supporter group out there that would like to be a part of it, you are more than welcome. Any individuals, you are more than welcome. This is a fundraiser for the community to uh, get some cash for kids and put a smile on some people's faces because we really could use that in this day and age, huh? And man, it's a great time to do it too. End of July might be a little hot, but maybe folks will come hang out in the Estopinol end, the 2E, the EE, whatever you want to call it. I don't even know. We should come up with a name for that. But it should be a lot of fun, man. Would love you to be a part of it. So if you have any ideas for it, please let me know. And uh, we've got plenty of time to get that going. We've got about two months, more than two months. So it should be a lot of 
uh, a lot of fun. Should be a lot of uh, goodwill. We like goodwill. I'm just trying to fill the time up until we get the end of the tune. And you love listening to my voice. So once again, mark it down on your calendar. July 29th. Lippa FC Christmas in July. And it should be a lot of fun, man. Anyway, here we're going to get to the end of the tune. Christmas in July. Yeah. Uh, All right. Time for our interview with Coach Kim. Okay, everyone, uh, Joey Cecil and I are very honored to have Coach Kim Bjorkgren of Racing Louisville here, uh, who's taken some time, valuable time, to come talk to us. Coach, how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Well, I'm doing pretty well, uh, and uh, and Joey Cecil's here, too. Hi, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, really, it's, once again, it's really an honor to have you on here. Um, just wanted to get to know you a little bit, because we, we haven't had a chance to talk to, to you at all. And we both follow the team and uh, really looking forward to seeing the progress that the team's made uh, this year and looking forward to, to seeing where it goes. Um, but first, uh, for the folks that aren't from the Louisville area, uh, I was wondering maybe you could tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how you ended up coming to Louisville. Yeah, uh, my name, like you said, is Kim Bjork again, actually. It's oh, okay. a difficult one to pronounce for <laughs> for American people. Right, right. Uh, but I'm from Sweden. Uh, I grew up there. Uh, I played until I was 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an injury, uh, so I took a decision to start at a, a football coach education. Um, and uh, when I was 25, I had my first... Uh, team uh i was coached for uh, a men's team in division four in sweden um so it's a little bit unique because i was only 25 and the average age was 28 or something like that okay. so uh that was a little bit special uh since then i've been head coach for now 17 years or wow. something like that mm-hmm. in, in both the men's and the women's football uh uh, I worked in, in in Sweden, of course, mm-hmm. but I also have been coach for in in China for Beijing and wow. in Cyprus, and I worked for a couple of national teams, and and now I'm here in Louisville and really enjoying my time here. Well, um, did you say you in you you were injured playing, and and what what level were you playing at? Uh, so I, I played in the second division, mm-hmm. uh, and I. It was actually there were some teams in the first division to call, uh, so I made like a tryout with right. a, with a team in the first division, and the first thing that happened was that I had an injury. Yeah. So at that time, I had, I had no contract or nothing to go back to. So, yeah, I just took the decision then to to move on and uh, yeah, started with this football coach education. Well, yeah. and and uh, you. It, one thing I really stuck out there, you said you coached in China, in Beijing. What league was that? Was that a first division team? And and, and how did that end up happening? Yeah, it was the first uh, first division for in the women's league. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so 2017, I, I won the title oh, okay. uh, mm-hmm. in, in uh, Sweden. And in that time, I think there were many, like, boats, uh, Sweden as a national team was really successful. Mm-hmm. So I think what Jay was looking for, who's the most successful coach now in Sweden uh, that is not the national team coach. And then mm-hmm. uh, they found out that uh, I coached the, the best team in Sweden. Okay. And they 
they they offered me the contract and uh, I, I took the took the chance and the risk to move to China. Wow, that must have been quite the uh, quite the uh, adjustment um, because yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, of course it was it was. I normally I say that like it was the the best and the worst time in the same way. <laughs> okay, it was very difficult. Uh, mm. Of course, with the language, uh, right. these sure. uh, the culture things, but it was also an amazing experience. I met so many like really great people right, and right, right, right. Uh, great great experience overall. Yeah. Okay, and and, and I guess I was going to ask. I might as well just jump ahead and do this, Joey. Um, I was going to ask yeah, you about ahead. about travel in the United States. Um, I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit because the country's so big, um, and having to prepare for that. Did your experience in China help you get ready for dealing with the travel in the United States? Yeah, it's, it's very similar. China is a, a really big country as well, so I'm used to it and uh, to travel uh, and be away. We normally in China, you normally play two away games right. uh, in a row, so you you're normally away like many times you're away two weeks when you play away games. So it's even wow. worse than here. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Uh, Joey, go ahead, man. Yeah, so uh, first off, thanks again, Coach Kim, for coming on here. I love that you already pronounce, and you and you pronounce Louisville correctly. Right. I love that <laughs> so much. I'm do, uh, doing my best. You are. You're doing a lot better than people who are from here. Um, <laughs> really? So my, so my first question is, what made the racing job so appealing? Because you mentioned you've been around the world, you've been with national teams. What made the racing job so appealing? Uh, I think it's two separate things. One was the um, me and my family started to plan for this like a few years ago. That I always loved like U.S. as a country, uh, and uh, there had been when I was younger. It was more like a dream to move to to U.S. Uh, and, and work with the football. Uh, and then, yeah, when I did better and better as a coach, uh, I saw that. There probably is going to be an opportunity to go over uh, sooner or later. So we said when my son turned two, we said we, we can be ready to go over. Uh, and when Louisville uh, called and and showed everything with their amazing facilities here and uh, the, the whole project, uh, uh, where they are and where they want to be, it was an easy decision to take, actually. And, and for us, I also think that was like, Louisville's perfect match for for both me and and my family. It's it's a big city, but not a huge city. It's not New York or LA. So I think it's mm-hmm. it's it's perfect uh, for us as a family. Yeah, that's a great description. I joke Louisville is big enough to get lost in, but small enough to find someone you know within ten minutes. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, that's a good so, one. Yeah. So I would I would ask also, Coach, what has been the hardest part about adapting to the NWSL in its in its play? Um, in, in a tactical way, I would say it's all the transitions. Uh, okay. It's. Uh, it, it, I was almost to say like it doesn't matter what you're doing, but that's not the case. But but sooner or later there will be much more transition than in the other leagues. So and when it's like a two against two situation, for example, the better player will help you to win the games. Okay. And that's why all of the teams in this league they have like forwards that is really good, top in the world with great pace, for example. Mm-hmm. 
so they are ready to to attack and yeah it's, it's sure. difficult okay. to defend you against that so that's sure. what i would say is the biggest challenge sure sure Joe? Sure. Um, you got anything? Yeah, um, Coach, The we start talking about a style of play that, you know, each coach has their own preferences. I was wondering if, if someone was to ask you what you consider your style or what you like to play, what would it be? Yeah, I don't have any specific word for it, uh, but I, when I... When I lived in, in Sweden, uh, many times uh, I watched their uh, Dortmund games when mm -hmm. Jurgen Klopp was coached there. Mm -hmm. I also watched them live a couple of times uh, in Germany. So that's someone that I really like. And uh, mm -hmm. also how Liverpool play when they play with a lot of energy. Maybe not this year, but yeah. over over time they have been really good. They are aggressive, the press side. Uh, so, so that's what I like. But also maybe with... A little bit more possession inside of the middle, but for me, it's important to to know where the goal is to to attack the goal to to play with energy. Mm -hmm. So I don't like possession just to have it with possession. Right. Um, right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 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 And and I, I guess um, one of the things I've really been curious about is the scouting of players internationally or even domestically now because it's changed so much. And I'm wondering um, what you have here that allows you to bring, I mean, we've brought in some international players, uh, you know, what you're seeing happening here, uh, which I, I think it's a net positive the way things have been going and, and your input in that and, and what kind of players you're looking for specifically, or I mean, obviously in general, it depends on the position, but I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah, it was there was necessary or different kind of reasons to rebuild uh, the rooster a little bit right, right, when right. I came in here. So mm -hmm. I think that was the first challenge for, for me as a head coach mm -hmm. to change a little bit the culture as well in the like mm -hmm. locker room and right. to to find players that are ready to work hard, to ready to do the best for the teammates that can accept the game plan and follow it. Mm -hmm. uh, but also, of course, to find maybe a little bit balance in the squad. We had many players that were a little bit similar. Uh, so mm -hmm. I, know, I think now we have more different styles of players, I would say. Right. And, uh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and I guess the, the, the facilities themselves, you already mentioned those as being a positive as well. Can uh, It's got to be pretty exciting to work here. I'm assuming having from when you started – as a coach uh, in the women's game to now, you've seen you uh, you have to have seen some growth as far as that's concerned. Maybe take us back to when you started coaching, as opposed to now in the facilities and what they mean to you. Yeah, I mean the facilities here is is probably I will say top top ten top twenty in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to be uh, in the women's football, right? Um, so that is of course. Fantastic is when you arrive here every morning, you do anything with a smile. And if you have a group, like I said, that is ready to work hard, uh, they always like smiling when they go moving out to the pitch and, mm -hmm. and things like that. It, it really helps. And the whole women's football have, have grown so much. Yes. So, and they well deserve that the, it starts to get getting better for, for the women's player and uh, for a younger player that grows up that they can have 
like the same chance like a men's player in, in the future to be a professional player and they they deserve the same dreams absolutely so, um, absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and one more tied to that um you know we have the our academy here and we have a team playing in, in the i think it's the w league right joey the uslw yeah. league i believe so that i believe that's correct yes, yeah. yes right and, and um I, I was wondering you know what how what's what are the conversations like when you start talking about academy players a team in USL, then you team NWSL. I don't. I imagine there's no issue as far as that's concerned. It's just a matter of making sure that the communication stays open. If there's players you want to bring up to keep a track of, you know, what 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 is that like for you? Uh, I think the club doing an amazing job uh, when it comes to to work with younger players. I think the most important is to to give them the opportunity to to be a part of a team with everything that comes with that uh to be a good teammate to learn to to win and lose and right, right, right. and and uh yeah they creating a really great uh, culture here we are having a a great boss for them mario sanchez is doing a great job yeah. with the whole academy um but in the the women's football in us it's still a little bit difficult because it's not that we just can take a player and sign because of the rules that they, if they decide to go into draft right. uh, oh, I'm sorry if they decide to go in college they have to go into draft so yeah if I take one example that we have like Emily Madrid that played in the yeah in the league for us like last year right uh, but she went into draft and uh, we had no chance to take her wow so it's yeah. that's um, uh, but I think that will change uh, in the future. But. Yeah, Joey and I, we've talked about that multiple times about the draft system and and uh, transfers and how the, you know, especially it's, it seems a little more prevalent in the women's game. You have to deal with that because the draft is much more important here than I'd say in MLS. Um, you know, there, there seems a transfer things much more uh, robust there. Right, Joey? I mean, go ahead. Do we, yeah, if you have some questions. Yeah, so I just, I just had a couple more. Um, Coach, what would you say is the biggest change or difference from last year's roster or construction to this year? I think everything is better, I will say. Uh, that includes my, me as a coach as well, here, that I have mm -hmm. like one year's experience from this league. Mm -hmm. But together with my staff, that we're doing a better job, I will say we have worked for one year together. And when you know how it is when you have been close to each other for, for over a year, mm -hmm. then you start to, to figure out personalities, strength, maybe weakness sometimes. Sure, but the life yeah. is so much easier when you don't need to have like 10 meetings every day. You just can, everybody know their role and, and things like that. But I think it's a little bit similar for some of the girls. And, and also what in the energy now in the locker room, it's amazing. And mm -hmm. also that we think that we have signed some really good players that yes. Have come in with with uh, different kind of qualities, like a player like Ari Borges. Uh, she's going to mm -hmm. be one of the best midfielders in the world, uh, mm. in I think. Uh, oh yeah. But also like players with league experience, uh, like Abby Erzig mm -hmm. and Carson Pickett and uh, uh, Paige Monahan, for example. So it's a good mix right now, and I think we. Well, better both as a, as a team, as a group, and and almost everywhere, I would say. 
Awesome. Uh, so I do have to say, as a government worker, I legally have to say, who doesn't love meetings and just meeting ten times a day? <laughs> I have to add that in there. Um, my final question for you, just a fun one. What is one rule for soccer that you could change if you would want, if you could? Um, if you ask me this, the question like a few years ago, I would say to change three subs to five. Yes. Okay. So, but they actually did. Uh, yeah. I would say extra time. Uh, it's okay. like it's it's always feel like at least when you need a goal that you never know. Like sometimes you feel it should be. Five minutes, five minutes, and then it's two minutes. So, yeah. more to show that, or maybe play with a clock in the end of the last five minutes that yep. you stop it, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So you don't okay. waste the time. I think it would be more fun for the people that watch the game and more fair for the team that try to score. Yeah, I agree with that. I um, absolutely. <laughs> talking about that for yeah. a long time because the extra time is so hard I, I it's just crazy for me i i and i, I mean i love the game then, too but and then there's extra time and extra time right 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 exactly right. exactly you know so uh, yeah uh, that, joe that that's all i had down so okay coach i had a couple more for you if it's okay um yeah and they're really not related to the game so much well one of them is it is you, you talk about there's six players from six different continents playing on this team Dealing with the language barrier, how do you do that? Mm. <laughs> because I, I got to uh, imagine that's a, that's a bit of a challenge. I, it's a challenge a for me being, being from, New, I'm sorry, Coach, being from New Jersey, I don't really speak English either. So, <laughs> <laughs> And we yeah, don't speak New um, Jersey either. Yeah. <laughs> so it, what, what is that like? words of Chinese is some uh, Swedish words, and there are, I'm struggling a little bit with my English, and then it's some hugs and smiles, and that's that's enough, I think. You know. <laughs> right. uh, that's fair. I, I think I learned a lot from a man that I worked with many years ago, and he couldn't speak English at all. But all mm -hmm. the like foreign just that foreign job that we had, they always loved him because he just smiled, and he showed with his body. Okay, um, right, right, right. And I, yeah, and I learned a lot from him, just because he. It wasn't necessary for him to talk. He just showed like okay. what he was thinking or things like that. So I think body language is important, and I learned to use it a little bit more when I lived in China. Uh, right, so, right, 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 right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then uh, actually, two more. Uh, you got a you got a favor for the Kentucky Derby because you're not really from Louisville until you until you work that out. I learned that. Yeah. Um, Do you follow? I try to be there. Or, or, you call or, or is it still it insane to you that we take two weeks to celebrate a horse race? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, it's, I, a, it's a great, great event for sure. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we go into Orlando, so we're gonna miss that one. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Joe, there are more important things than the Derby. Are there? <laughs> That's not what I hear from people around here. I just—it's crazy, man. Okay, we're we're just gonna have to edit that part out. I might be—I might have to watch my back now. <laughs> and and I guess the last thing, Coach, is if there was something—a a message that you wanted to to send to the fans, or something you wanted to say directly to them. I mean, please take it—take your time and do that. 
No, we really appreciate this, uh, the support from our fans, and I want them to know that the, the staff and the roster, we we are really proud to be a part of Louisville, and we want you to feel that we really want to be successful here. And the girls is working so hard every single day. It's a tough league. Uh, the results mm-hmm. can be good or and sometimes bad, but the fighting spirit, I hope that you can see. And Absolutely. we love to see your support at uh, the Lynn Family Stadium. And uh, we will. the results will be there uh, soon or later, but as long as we have this fighting spirit and there is no reason to think that that will change. Right. And, and I can tell you, I mean, I I think it's I think both both Joey and I and I think most people see the improvement over the last the last two years and the the energy that they show is it's really impressive and um, I, I'm I'm earnestly looking forward to see, to seeing them improve because I think that's coming I really do I, just as a fan you get you know what do I know about soccer it's just that I just the feeling around the 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 the, uh, the, the community is is that this team is really set to make a push. And that, and that obviously has a lot to do with you and really appreciate your efforts. Thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. Joe, you got anything else? No. Again, just want to thank you, Coach, and I echo Joe's sentiments that, you know, there's this excitement mm-hmm. around racing right now, uh, you know, just waiting for everything to come together, you know, with all the new faces. But it's, it's exciting. You know, it's creative. And, and just, just really there's an energy around it. I know that's been – a word we've thrown around a lot, but there really is an energy mm-hmm. around racing and around its culture. Yep. Yeah, and I totally agree, and I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, Coach, uh, everybody, uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time to do this and not, wish you nothing but uh, the greatest success here. All right, thank you. All right, Take thank care. You. All right. Thank you, Coach. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, folks. Another episode of the Center Forward Podcast is in the books, episode number 68, as we keep count. I want to thank Joey Cecil once again for his invaluable contribution and a very special thank you to Coach Kim Bjorkgren, even though I know I'm saying that last name incorrectly. <laughs> it's close. I hope he understands. Really want to thank him for taking the time to talk to us and to talk to you. Speaking of you, I want to thank you so much for the compliments, comments, and criticisms. The three C's. Very important as we continue to try and make this show better for you. Um... Also, as we've talked about the fundraiser coming up in July, really hope that you'll consider being a part of that as well. As always, we are on iTunes, Podbean, Amazon, and Spotify. Please like, subscribe, and share. Share the love. Yeah, man. So today was a little weird. A couple of passings. One of them very familiar to this area, Coach Denny Crum, right? And uh, all the success here in Louisville with the basketball team. I got to meet him a couple times. Just the most wonderful guy, you know. And uh, knowing full well what he meant to this area. And all the success that he brought. All the class that he brought. I mean, even back in Jersey, you know. I remember watching the Louisville teams back in the day. And he just seemed like a class act, right? Hard to lose a dude like that. And then, this is a little weird, but hear me out on this. You had Joe Cap pass today. He was a quarterback in the NFL. Played for the Minnesota Vikings back in the day. And the toughest son of a bitch <laughs> that ever took a snap. Or as tough as any other. And it was just a reminder of how things used to be. Um, 
But that's not a criticism of how things are. I'm not saying that things are bad now. There's a lot of great things that are going on now. But when you look back and, and how tough that guy was, and it was, you know, back then, that position, mm, when I'm talking about the NFL and basketball, I know it's a soccer podcast. But I have a reason for that, I promise, as we wait for this one. Two reasons. Number one, there's nothing wrong with reminiscing and looking back at the way things were. And maybe you have someone in your life, maybe recently, that's moved on. And it's hard to deal with, right? But it's all about the memories that they leave because it's inevitable. So you just have to sort of roll with it. But the second thing is, is the future. Where's the next Denny Crumb, right? Now that person's out there. And that person will do the same thing that he did. There's plenty of people in all kinds of walks of life that'll have that impact. And the reason I'm saying that is I'm hoping you will be that person doesn't have to be something grandiose or as big, I guess, as winning an NCAA tournament. But it could just be making a difference in your community, in your family. And man, the two cats that I just mentioned, I don't know what their politics were. I don't know where they stood on social issues. I just know they were good people. And that's what matters. Be a good person, man. Come on. That's all. I love you all. My name is Joseph Valla, host of the Center Forward Podcast. Looking forward to two big games this weekend. Looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks for listening, man. I love you. you guys are awesome. <laughs> we'll see you then.